I always hear people talk about overwhelm in the web dev community, and to be honest, I never really felt it for myself. I always felt like, you know, all the new things that were coming out with technology were just really exciting. You know, I got super excited about Vue and learning about um, a lot of the like the latest things that were happening. I got excited digging into the Quasar docs when I knew nothing. Like to me, this was just like a whole bunch of um, you know, gaps in my brain that were fun to fill. But I have to admit that uh, a few days ago, probably for one of the first times in my um, in my in my life in, as a web developer, uh, I got really really overwhelmed to the point where I started feeling like a lot of anxiety and started to get a little bit down on myself. It was um, specifically around, gosh, actually not specifically around anything. It was a lot of things. Someone new has just come into work recently. Uh, we hired a web developer and there's a lot of stuff that he knows that I don't know um, and vice versa. But, you know, he's made me realize just how ignorant I am to a lot of things and has made me notice a lot of blind spots that I had writing my code things that I thought were really awesome. And then I realized, you know, this isn't testable and um, the way you're doing this is a little bit too magical and it means we won't be able to use TypeScript or whatever. And, you know, he started using TypeScript and I'm starting to see the benefit of TypeScript. And so I have to go off and learn TypeScript because I, I actually didn't know it until as of about four or five days ago. Um, and so now I'm, you know, I've always known about TypeScript, but now I'm actually learning it and, and getting decent at it. And then at the same time, I'm starting to realize that people aren't really going to be using Vuex um, 3 or 4 for state management anymore. They're going to start using you know, Vuex 5, which is coming out soon. And I'm doing a Quasar getting started guide. And at the moment, well, when I first started it, Quasar was using Vuex 4, but then literally in the middle of the guide, when I was about to do um, the Vuex 4 video, uh, it was moved out of the dependencies by default. So Vuex 4 is no longer a dependency um, in Quasar. And so like my code ended up um, failing and I had to go to the Discord channel and be like, what's going on? And then I found out that, um, yeah, it's it's not the standard way of doing it anymore. And I think one of the reasons that that's happening is because now there's gonna be a whole bunch of different ways to manage state. So you, you'll be able to use Pinyo, you'll be able to use the Composition API, or you'll be able to use Vuex 4, or you'll be able to use Vuex 5 when that comes out. And by the way, you can do it using Provide or Inject, or you can do it using a, a different pattern. What's that other one? There's Provide and Inject, and then there's, um, there's, there's just using like the normal Composition API, and then some person's, you know, made a version of Vuex which is called like lightweight Vuex or something like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this, how do I make a decision on this? Oh, it's, it just becomes like really, really overwhelming. And then we just start implementing testing at work. And I have this idea of end-to-end -end tests where it's like, well, I just wanna do full proper end-to-end -end tests that hit my back end because that's gonna be a proper representation of the test. Um, and then I realized that that's actually not as scalable as I thought that it would be, and that I'm gonna to have to start mocking the API, and then I have to start looking at all these different ways of how I can mock the API and try and decide on the right way to mock the API. And, oh my goodness, it's like my brain, it, I, I usually thrive on having all of these different things going on, and you know, I love compartmentalizing my thoughts and sort of reevaluating what's the most important thing to focus on. But for some reason recently, it just got too much, and I woke up one morning thinking, like, oh my gosh, I know nothing. I felt like Jon Snow from, um, <laughs> you know, the line on um, Game of Thrones, you know nothing, Jon Snow. 
And I've just been thinking and repeating the line in my head, like over and over, like I'm such a Jon Snow. I know how silly that sounds, but um. anyway, it just, it became too much. And I got a little bit sad and, you know, my girlfriend was just like really awesome and she was like super supportive. And this just felt really weird. It's like, not like me. I'm always like, I've always been someone who's, you know, known what they need to focus on and always known like what's next and always known what my vision is and what my objective is. Um, and then this just kind of like hit me like a ton of bricks. And all of a sudden I realized like, this is what people start to feel when they become a real developer in, sorry, real developer, that's a really bad choice of words. This is what you start to feel when the weight of being a developer that has a whole bunch of different tasks kind of like catches up to you, where it becomes so much that the excitement, you start to forget the vision. You start to get lost in all of the things you need to focus on. And that really draws your brain away from what's really important, which is like, why am I doing this? What's really important right now? How do I refocus myself? Like you start losing perspective and you start losing these questions in your mind, or at least that's what's been happening to me lately. Um, yeah, so anyway, I just kind of like, I, I, I remember I just had like a massive sleep in this morning, uh, which was exactly what I needed. I was really tired. And then it's like, all of a sudden it became really clear again. It's like, man, you just got to do the same stuff you've always taught other people to do, what you've always taught yourself to do over all of this, these years, which is basically to figure out what to focus on. First of all, like the, number one, or actually really number one is what's important. But I already knew what was important to me. You know, I know what my vision is. So then the next question is, what do you focus on? Right? Um, it's like, okay, well, I'm working on the Getting Started Guide I've reached the point where I need to cover state. I need to focus on, on, on the answer to what should I use as, a, as for managing global state in my getting started guide. What do I use? What do I focus? That's the, the big thing I need to focus on. Everything else is not as important than that. The one thing I need to focus on is that the answer to that question. What do I need to use to manage state in my getting started guide? And so I was like, okay, cool, I've got that question. Went onto the Discord channel, uh, spoke to the Quasar team, was like, hey guys, you know, this is the problem that I'm dealing with, what do you think? Like, um, here's what I'm thinking could be a good solution to managing state. And they all like put in their two cents. And I feel like I've come to a conclusion now. It's like, cool, I know how I'm going to manage state now. And the way I'm gonna do it, by the way, for those of you listening is, um, I'm going to use the Composition API, a really simple imp implementation of state using the Composition API because I believe that Vuex 3 and 4 is going to become redundant fast. People are going to start using things like Pinya, uh, just pure Composition API or Vuex 5. So I'm very excited for Vuex 5, but it's not really a thing yet. It's still in RFC. So I'm going to use the Composition API. And I felt a little bit better. It's like, cool, I have the answer to that. And earlier today, um, I came into work, um, you know, yesterday was really overwhelming, but today I came into work and I was like, all right, what do I focus on? Um, we're doing tests and I need to figure out um, how I'm going to test our application, right? Um, it, if, if we're gonna use mocks now, I need to figure that out. How, do, first of all, do I use mocks? And if so, how do I implement that? And so all of a sudden my brain gets really focused. It's like, okay, what are the pros of mocks? I go to the Cypress documentation. And then they tell me, you know, use end-to-end -end tests for your, you know, true end-to-end -end tests for 
the really important pathways in your application, like logging in, right? It's very, logging in is very tightly coupled to your API. You wanna make sure that it's super secure. Um, and basically, what are the key areas of your application that simply must work? Make sure you're doing true end-to-end -end tests there. And I'm like, cool, I have an answer to that now. I feel so much better. And then the next one, mocks. And it's like, there's so many different ways that you could handle you know, mocking your API. How do I get those mocks in the first place? Um, and then I found the answer to that. It's like, okay, um, Cypress has a really good way of mocking APIs. Like they, they've done an amazing job figuring that, that piece out. Um, how do I generate those mocks though? Um, and I don't know if mocks the right word here or fixtures or whatever, but anyway, basically I'm talking about taking a snapshot of your backend of a like sorry of an API request to your backend, um, and basically using that rather than actually hitting the backend it means your tests are faster, um, and they're not as tightly coupled to your backend. So, anyways, and then I find this amazing library. I forget what it's called, but it basically allows you to run a Cypress test, and it will automatically generate a JSON file um, to, to, to generate all of your um, your fixtures or your mock endpoints for you. And so you run the test, and if it hasn't already like made a request to the back end um, in the past and saved a copy of those requests, then it will do it for you um, then and there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. I have the answer to that as well. And all of a sudden, my anxiety started to disappear. And it started, rather than going from, I don't know anything, like, oh, there's so much to learn in the coding world. Everybody's so much smarter than me. And by the way, like, this all happened... Uh, like around the time when I had a meeting with the Quasar team as well, because I'm, I'm, I'm part of their meetings, and honestly, I think I'm probably the least intelligent person there. They're like, I'm there with Kahlo, um, who else was at the meetings? Yusuf, who's like this really smart dude, um, and and you know Razvan, who's obviously just like borderline genius. Um, Jeff, who created Q Calendar for goodness sake, and then here I am. I'm the guy who does videos. I'm like the monkey who's like, oh, check out Quasar, look how amazing and cool it is. And I'm good at like marketing it and telling people how amazing it is and um, showing people basic level stuff. But I kind of like, and this created this weird perspective for me because it's like all of these guys are really, really smart. And when you're in a, when you're in a video call with people that are really, really highly intelligent, it makes you feel like you're not intelligent. But it's like, dude, there are so many people watching my videos that aren't even close to where I am. There are so many people that could learn so much from my knowledge. I am miles ahead from a lot of people that are learning Quasar. Miles ahead, right? Um, and I'm not saying this to be up myself or anything like that. I, I earned that through lots of like hard work and effort. It's not just natural intelligence or anything like that. It's hard work and coding every day, you know? Um, I'm, not, I'm not naturally skilled at this stuff. It's like repetitive hard work. And then like, this is how you end up with anxiety. Comparison is the thief of joy. It's so true. Like, um, and, and so I, like, I got this real sense of like, everybody around me is so much smarter than me. This new guy at work, he, and, and by the way, here's something else. Um, it's most people feel unintelligent compared to people around them because we talk about what we know. We don't talk about what we don't know, or at least a lot of people talk about what they know not what they don't know. And this makes you feel like the people you're talking to have, and not naturally they're gonna talk about stuff that you often don't know anything about. And this gives you the illusion of a lack of intelligence, all right? Because you know people are saying, 
you know, talking about these different view states that they understand, and you go, well, I don't know that, therefore they must be smarter than me. Somebody's talking to me about different ways of testing I've never thought of, and I think, well, I don't know that, so therefore they must be smarter than me. It's like, yeah, but dude, when you flip that around, there's a whole bunch of things that I know about. I could talk for hours about things that I know about that the other person doesn't know about. And this could, this is why a lot of people have this um, this imposter syndrome and this this fake sense of um, unintelligence, you know, this fake sense of um, <clears throat> lack of knowledge. Oh, and I've just realized that my mic is using the wrong mic. So sorry, guys, you're going to get some weird audio quality on this um, on this podcast. But um, yeah, anyway, I feel like the point that I'm trying to make is if you're in one of those situations where you feel overwhelmed, there's just so much technology out there um, and you're losing the excitement. I'd, I'd say there's probably three steps that you need to take. The first one is you need to get reconnected with your vision. I talk about this all the time. Why are you coding? Why? If you have a strong enough vision, you will figure it out. You will find the energy. So you need to reconnect with that. Get really emotional about it. Um, so that's the first thing. Figure out your why. Why are you doing this? The next thing, and this is what I particularly needed at this point in my life, is figuring out what is the what. Like, what do you focus, and by that I mean, what do you focus on next? And it has to be one thing. What do you focus on next? For me, it was the answer to that question, how am I going to teach state uh, in my Quasar Getting Started guide? How do I handle state? How do I teach that? If you can figure out the answer to that question, everything becomes so much easier. And the third thing is you just need to do it then. Um, and often you want, you know, you might want to take a break before you do it just to sort of recharge your batteries. You know, I like having a long bath. That's what I do. I take like a 20 minute bath and I feel a little bit better. Maybe you just need to sleep a little bit more. Maybe you need to start eating better food because as you start feeling more stressed, you start eating worse foods, or at least that's what happens with me. And so they're the three things that I find, I always go back to and they help me a lot. What is your why? Connect to that vision. What is the what? What do I need to focus on right now? And then just execute on that what, purely on that what. Um, yeah, so anyway, I hope you found this this one useful. Um, I'm feeling a lot more energized now and ready to send you guys some more podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and hey, if you love this kind of thing, then check out quasarcast.com slash register. I really cannot wait to finish this getting started guide. I am so proud of what I've done so far. Uh, and I think that you're really going to love it. I really think it's going to benefit a lot of people to be able to get up and running fast on Quasar and to learn how to do things the right way. Um, and hopefully this podcast has shown you I'm really dedicated to, to making sure that I teach you how to do things the right way. Um, and I'm also starting to think about how can I make sure that I have some sort of an auditing process on Quasar Cast. So like having buttons where you can basically offer feedback and say, hey, this is out of date or hey, this bit of information um, is probably not right, or hey, um, this isn't really following best practices, so that then I can add like amendment note, uh, videos, like short videos where I basically um, correct myself on things in, um, in, in certain videos. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of a whole different topic. So check out quasarcast.com slash register if you're interested in this sort of thing. Thank you so much for listening, and I really can't wait to, to show you guys this Getting Started Guide and to launch some more videos. Thank you so much. See you on the next one.